Welcome in. The 2019 Mariners season has been wrapped. Shannon Dreher here alongside me, James Osborne. Some of you know me as Boy Howdy. We're going to get to a lot. We may not dive as deep as some of you may want, but there's going to be a lot of off-season to do some of that. We're going to start talking about some general things, how this season has gone. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on at 710 and with Shannon and the Mariners. Uh, we're going to get into some sweet sporkle quizzing for those Sparkle. of you who are sporklers. Um, <laughs> I'm a big-time sporkler. Circa 2013 is when I started, so we'll sporkle with you. And uh, also have some little tidbits and stories and an interesting fact that only Shannon Dreher has that you may mm. not know yet. So we'll get to all that, but let's start with just a general recap of the 2019 season. <laughs> what did you see, Shannon? Well, we survived. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, yes. Uh, you know, year one of the plan, uh, the step back. I think we all came into the season, or we should have come into the season. I hope we had you all ready for what was going to come, that it wasn't always going to be easy. Shannon, if they weren't ready, it was not my fault. It, was, it was not your fault. Absolutely We talked about this not. a lot, yeah. and we thought this wasn't going to go real well. And right. you actually were one of the first people to coin the term step back. And you're getting some credit, some <laughs> pub in the Seattle Times, with Ryan Divish's article. How sweet is that? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> get a text from Kevin Kremen this morning. The, what, producer, engineer, emeritus? Emeritus, perhaps? I emeritus. like that. We've got lots of emeritus. Graz is an emeritus. Yes. Which is perfect for Graz. We'll get to that yes. in a bit. Um, got a, a text from Kevin Kremen, and so you were responsible for Step Back. I didn't know that you coined the phrase. I'm like, how'd he get that? Log on, and Ryan Divish had that in his piece today, kind of wrapping things up. And uh, it all goes back to that uh, after-the-season press conference that Jerry Depoto and Scott Service had, and we went into that wondering, okay, is this it? Are they really? Because I think we heard some rumblings before the season ended that teardown was definitely mm. a possibility. I think we knew Nelson Cruz wasn't coming back at that point. And they started out that press conference, and we were trying to get a better picture of what it was. And Depoto was adamant that it was not a tear it down to the studs, that it wasn't a six-, seven-year rebuild, and, and kind of what he was trying to do determine a, a reimagining at that point and I was just trying to get to well, how long is this thing going to take what are we looking at and so I was trying to think through a question and I thought step back is you know was that something that's a little bit more palatable and I did qualify it with a step back being that perhaps you were looking for one or two years from now and by that I meant being competitive I didn't mean we're guaranteeing a you know I didn't want them to say we're guaranteeing a postseason in two years, but it's going to look more like a competitive team. And uh, step back, I think, took a big kind of step forward with that, and you heard that term quite a bit. And yeah, I was the one who brought it up in the, the original press conference. Interesting. There's gonna I'm be a... responsible for the whole darn thing. <laughs> Good. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to praise you because I've been calling for this for a while. Oh. And we're going to get into a deeper conversation, not today, because uh, this is a very deep and heated conversation we're going to have oh. about whether or not the Mariners did the right thing. And the, the average fan may say, well, did they do the right thing with rebuilding or not rebuilding? No. Did they do the right thing to take a step back instead of a teardown? That's one question that we're going to have to get to someday because I have some strong feelings about that. Wow. And I'm going to guess that you may be on the other side. So 
that said, we'll table that. You can look forward to that. In I don't want to table that. Yeah, I know it's a big deal, oh, right? Okay. It's a big all conversation. Right. Okay. But, Looking uh, forward to that. Yeah, one. Uh, tell me a little bit from your perspective. So you were close with this team as you are every single year. Yeah. And this year is a little different. You saw a record number of players come through this team. Ooh. You got to meet a lot of new teammates yeah. on this Mariners team. Um, you had a lot of experiences coming through a season that started off gangbusters, that fell off a cliff. You saw your best players traded early and cut and. Um, it's a different kind of season than what we've been experiencing well, recently. Go ahead and throw in the things that I've never seen before, like the Ichiro farewell mm. in Japan. And it was funny because we were doing a pregame show and going around the booth with the Rick Riz and Gary Hill and Aaron Goldsmith and Mike Blowers and what was your highlight for this year? And I had an idea and somebody brought up Japan. I'm like, oh yeah, that was this year, Isn't that wasn't amazing? it? Wow. That was this season. It's crazy. That's hard to believe. Yeah. yeah but the Ichiro farewell and on. Fortunately, it's because I haven't really covered a postseason. I have just on the very, uh, like, did visitors clubhouse sound in 2001. Uh, I didn't travel with them. I wasn't there for the whole thing. It's not the same. But um, because I haven't, you know, been in that clubhouse when the champagne bottles have, have popped or anything like that, I think probably watching Ichiro go out the way he did in Japan is probably the highlight of what I have covered, and I'll never forget being in that crush of people down on the field trying to catch up with Ichiro like a half an hour after the game with everybody still in their seats and Ichiro doing kind of the, the run and wave to everybody throughout the entire stadium. That was exhilarating and unbelievable and just trying to get from, we're talking to him one moment in a room, which was kind of uh, where the pitching, uh, they have the bullpens behind the dugouts, in in Japan, and we are back there in a big room having that farewell, our uh, final uh, interview with Ichiro. There were about six of us that were allowed to come in and talk to him. Uh, turn around, there's Bob Melvin standing there ready to congratulate him. And uh, as Ichiro's talking, the entire team comes in behind him, and he doesn't know it, and they're all standing there listening, ready to just you know erupt once it's over. And then the next thing you know, he's gone, the teammates are gone, and we're told, go, run, get out. And we're like, what's happening? He's like, go through the clubhouse, go through the food room, things that we're not allowed to do, and through the dugout. So you just follow the crowd running out through the dugout. And we got out in the middle of the dome, and it was still full, and it was louder than it had been at any point of the game. And there's Ichiro on the mound just waving and thanking and, and bowing and, and everything else. And it was just an incredible moment. Wow. And, you know, hundreds of photographers tr chasing and following it. Every I took a video, and it's at times sideways because it was you were in the middle of a crush. Um, that was amazing. And take that all the way to Cooperstown. Yeah, we did Cooperstown this year, too. Yeah, so amid this whole season, you really had – three monumentous Mariner moments that actually kind of split the season into three parts, right? So you have the first part with yeah. Ichiro, and now we get to the second part with Edgar Martinez Hall of Fame induction. Which Cooperstown was absolutely wonderful, and Edgar was great, and it was just the fitting end finally after 10 years. And I'll say it to this day, I think it was almost a good thing that it took 10 years because now I think everybody knows who Edgar Martinez was. Mm -hmm. If he'd gone in the first or the second year, it would have been, oh, it was a Seattle thing, he put up good numbers, but now I think people understand what he did, and there was far more appreciation, and he was wonderful. And then the Felix thing was, you know, I thought it was going to be just tremendously hard because I've been with Felix since day one. I did his first interview after his first game. Uh, I actually saw him before that in spring training, and he 
pitched a couple of innings. His hat came off of the, every pitch that he threw, and he was getting madder and madder, but putting it back on and trying to strike <laughs> out people. And it was just absolutely unbelievable. So I, I knew that was going to be a hard one because, mm. you know, you don't stay with a player for 15 years. You don't mm. see them from 19 uh, to the end of his Mariners career. You don't see them, you know, get married and have kids and see the kids in the clubhouse. It's hard to separate yeah. um, that. But the way that he went out and turned that almost into a party and reminded you, hey, I'm King Felix. Yeah, and we hadn't seen that in a few years. Just just wonderful. Yeah, what a special time, and I really appreciate your perspective on that. That's just, that's the kind of depth that you don't really get to see when you read just articles that are written or you watch them on, on the field or you see post-game press conferences and that kind of stuff. That You don't get that kind of feel, so I appreciate you giving that oh, perspective. But heading into that, and I read a lot of your stuff on this from 710sports.com, um, did that whole experience go the way you expected it would as the day approached where he was going to take his last start of the season? I mean, we, we had seen a lot of articles. We've seen quotes from him that he uh-huh. didn't even know how it was going to go and what it was going to look like. For you, knowing him over his career, did that go the way you thought it would? Not at all. It was much better than I thought it would because he is very emotional. He does care. Uh, he loves pitching. And I think that... Um, this year he was the realization hit him that he was in trouble this year i think people look at him and and i've said this so many times for the last couple of years i do believe he's got enough stuff to still be effective in this league and help out teams um i he's got to work differently and i don't think he ever realized until this year that he's got to work differently it's not that he didn't want to i don't think he really understood and I think that in his mind, and if you can think about it, if you if you have a talent and you've had it for so long, and it's um, like I, I, I was a good trumpet player through college. I can't pick up a trumpet and play it right now. I can tell you exactly how that feels. And I think that every time he went to the hill, he thought that it's there somewhere. I can reach back and it's there. You know, my changeup is there. I don't think he thought that, you know, 97, 98 was, but he probably thought enough was. And I think that he did uh, just write a lot of it off to, I'm not healthy, I'll be fine once I'm healthy, I'll still be the king, I'll yeah. still be able to do the things I can. And I think this year was the first realization that, wait, no, something is different. And that hit him hard and followed that up with, there's a distinct possibility that maybe I can't pitch next year. And seeing that was extremely hard because we yeah. all saw it for two years before, but he had to get there and knowing what it meant to him um, was hard. So there were some very, very um, tough months there where he realized it and would actually even throw out every now and then, well, maybe I don't pitch next year. Um, throughout once my family needs me, which is kind of a, you're trying to protect that, well, maybe it's not that I can't do this, but I need to go home. And you saw that. And that's a rough place to be. So seeing that leading up to where they where you know where he was going I think it was a relief that he did come off the IL and was able to pitch Um, somebody said that watching him pitch that night was like watching their kid pitch like in a little league game because Mm. you just you want it to be okay you want him to get through it and I knew he would be emotional Um, that week he did not talk to the media which is something that he never does he is always good bad ugly he has always been there for the media, has always talked after games, has always talked before games, uh, did not talk that week. So you knew there was a lot going on. And not only did he not talk, you rarely saw him in the clubhouse. He would hang out in Ryan Stiles, the equipment manager's office, or be back in the training room or the food room, just did not make himself available. 
And when he came out for that start, to see him tear up like right away, but then to see him turn it on and get into it and, and put on the show and, and be there for the fans, uh, that just really shocked me. It, it could have been a much more somber, could have been much, it could have been very, very sad, but it wasn't. And even to his final press presser when he sat down in front of everybody and he wasn't around in the clubhouse the next two days either he mm-hmm. you know he was controlling it um when he sat down the very last thing he said and he held it together very well in that press conference and i thought he was very honest about things but the last thing he says one more thing you guys are gonna miss me <laughs> you know oh, which is, richard sherman which is totally <laughs> totally felix and he's right i mean everybody who's covered him has enjoyed him and obviously the fans are going to miss him but um, no, I didn't see it going that way and in a different way. I thought it would be a very, very tough thing, and I'd totally forgotten that Felix can do that. Mm. He can be the king. He can take it over. And, uh, you know, the pictures to see him pitching in that game and the sea of yellow behind him, it looked like it was 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, so, I, you know, just a hats off to everybody for getting that right, for the fans for coming out and getting that right and uh, mostly to Felix. Very cool. Uh, quick follow-up as we wrap up Felix Hernandez and potentially his career, uh, probably most likely his career in Seattle. Based on what you know and what you've seen of him, do you think he pitches next year? I think he's going to try, and I think the first thing that he needs to do is be very honest of where he is physically. I mean, we don't know what the state of that shoulder is, and that gave him a lot of problems this year, and he's got a lot of miles on that arm, but you can look at others around him around the same age, um, they don't have the miles on the arm. They didn't start with the intensity that he did as early, but there are paths to being effective. And I think that if he can find that, I think he has got a shot. Um, would he take a minor league deal or a, a try-me-out deal? I, I think that if there is somebody who is interested, I think that his agents would be able to talk him into like a one-year of like you know low, low, low dollar with incentives type stuff. Mm. I don't know that it would have to be a minor league um, deal, but I, I think he's up for showing that he can. But I think a lot of it, you know, perhaps you watch him in the off season and see what he does, and that'll kind of indicate it. Because I think he's got to show a little something in the off season. If I were him, I would get down with, uh, you know, one of the performance centers or coaches, and I'd get active on social media and show those workouts and really put that out there. And I wouldn't do it in January. I wouldn't do it in December. I'd start, you know, November at the latest. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we've wrapped up the major moments of the 2019 season that got us through mm-hmm. some difficult baseball. Uh, let's talk about a few things that you saw in the 2019 season that you thought were of note, worth remembering as this team heads forward in 20 and 2021. Well, I think the biggest thing is this season was about the players that are coming. And we'll get into breaking down the players that are coming. Um, I think what we saw is, I think, I think what was stunning is the number of young players that it appears they have hit on. And we won't know until they've done more or anything at the major league level, for that matter. Or really the next step of the minor league level. Like It does feel like they hit blackjack on five consecutive hands, which really never happens in which baseball. With the number of the top prospects right. that have performed well. That said, year to year, there's a development level that goes on with that. And it's rare that every major prospect gets better every single season and performs the same way at every level of the minors. So next year is going to be a little bit of a jury's out. You can be really excited about what happened this year with Jared Kalnick, Julio Rodriguez, Noel V. Marte, all these young names, Evan White, Kyle Lewis. I mean, there's a huge, wonderful list. 
but history has shown us that it's really tough for all those guys, every one of them, to keep on that trajectory <laughs> the next year. So this was great, but next year is going to have a lot of proving to do with those guys. They are, and a lot of them, I think, are going to start at the big league level or be there within the first two months. Interesting. I think that's what next year is about, and I think that's been probably the most notable thing. Is well, let's rattle off a few names that would be in that category, because okay. Noel Marte is not going to no, be. obviously But not. let's get some names that are going to be that you would expect within the first, by the All-Star break, you might. They have a good chance to be with the Mariners oh. by next season. Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, Evan White. Um, I think Shed Long is there opening day. He's your leadoff hitter. Um, who am I missing? I think, oh, some relievers. Sam Delaplane, I think you will see. Okay. Um, there are a couple. Uh, Joey Gerber, probably, as well. Interesting. Um, Joey Gerber's pitcher. Uh, reliever, yeah. Um I don't think you see him in the first two months, but if I told you a year ago this time that you were going to see Logan Gilbert in the big leagues. Crazy. Absolutely it's nuts. pretty amazing. You're going to see him in the big leagues next year. Wow. And that's going to set the stage, I think, for George Kirby as well. Okay. I, I've said this. Year's this year's first round pick for I the Mariners. I've said this for the better part of three months right now, but I think they're going to move their college pitchers quickly, and I think one of the reasons why they can do it is a lot of the technology and the training and what they're doing uh, with biomechanics and everything that they have available to them in the minor leagues right now. I think it is cutting down the time that it takes to get pitchers, not hitters, pitchers, college pitchers to be more specific. I don't think uh, it's I don't think it's a matter of oh they've got to be down for three years or get this many starts anymore. I think they're going to move quickly. Well, that's an interesting philosophical question because I mean, this is very deep and we could go a lot deeper. But I kind of agree with you. A lot of the reasoning for keeping pitchers down had to be workload for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those people coming out of high school and college, they don't get the same amount of workload they would need to pitch 200 innings in the major leagues. There's like 10 pitchers in the major leagues who pitch 200 14, innings. 14, and one of them was Marco right? Gonzalez. So like that that element of development is just not that important anymore in baseball. You really need to get your starters up to a point where they can pitch 100 innings and they are a useful commodity in a starting rotation, not a bullpen. Mm-hmm. A starting rotation, 100 innings, is a good number for a guy. So in that case, 21, 22, 23, as long as you have good stuff and control, you should be there pretty soon. So I agree with you. And you can better measure that now, too. Because, and you cannot do this with hitters, but with a pitcher, their pitches, you can measure, are their pitches major league quality? doesn't matter. They could be on a little league field and and you can measure what those pitches are now there's an emotional side to that there's a preparation side to that and i think we got a great illustration of that with justice sheffield and justin dunn Mm. this year it was so fun because we'd heard about sheffield having all of these problems just controlling his emotions and it wasn't just his first start that came into play in every start he made to the point where i think service had had enough his last time out it's like dude you gotta calm down it's been a long time since i've seen a major league pitcher for the mariners look like he is a completely different pitcher when somebody gets on base. <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Justice Sheffield looks absolutely 100% different when there's a player on base and when there's not. And it's crazy to me, but I think that speaks to the mentality mm-hmm. and to the emotionality that you've been mentioning. Right, and it's great. He's up. You got six starts out of him, so now he knows what it's like here. Justin Dunn is about as confident a young player as I have ever met. I love that. And you've met Jared Kelnick, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're right right there together, I would say. And Jared Kelnick is extremely confident. Justin Dunn, for all the confidence he has, completely fell apart in his first big league yeah. start, which is great. I was laughing, not, not in a mean way, but I'm like, there you go, kid. Welcome to the bigs. 
but he's smart enough to realize and to take that and work with it. And it took some time. It wasn't the next time out where he was able to let go of that. And he admitted it. He admitted it. It was still a little bit different that second time out. His last two outings, one of them against the Astros, and yeah, it's just two innings, but much different story for him. So for me, watching that, I, I thought that was, you know, we hadn't seen that in a long time. You know, not with the young ones. So I thought that was great to see. But these young players are going to be of impact. I'm interested to see when do they bring up Cal Raleigh because mm. he is a catcher. We know a lot about rushing catchers and what happens yes, when do. you rush catchers. I know more about that than anyone. <laughs> you I are do. the expert, so if it yeah. happens, I mean, you're on hand. I've got somebody else to work with. I suspect they're going to want to keep him with Logan Gilbert. Mm. So what happens when Gilbert's ready? And, and Raleigh has put up very nice numbers, and I don't know how he does it, you know, hitting from both sides of the plate and catching. Um, off the charts mentality, off the charts leadership, and the development that I saw in him from spring training to these, this last week when he was up, and that was a great thing. If you're not aware, the Mariners brought up three players, uh, Cal Raleigh, Evan White, and Logan Gilbert. Uh, the final week of the season, they weren't call-ups, but they had them up with the big club. They let them work out with the team. They let them go through the meetings just to get their feet wet kind of get the lay of the land and how things happen at the big league. And I would imagine it's also a little bit of a carrot. You know, once you're up there, you want to stay up there as long as you can. Uh, Cal Raleigh was night and day different from when I spoke to him in spring training as far as uh, the media. He, he didn't say much, and that's usually a confidence indicator. Yeah. Um, but had a great conversation with him at the end of the year. I'm like, yep, he's, he's getting that catcher feel because catcher, there's so much extra that goes with it. Uh, there's got you've got to have leadership ability if you're a catcher. It's not going to work if not. And he checks all the boxes. But when is he ready? And how does that correspond with Gilbert? And those two have a special relationship uh, that formed down at A level. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. They had. Uh, you're going to hear about a lot of the off-season camps as the off-season goes on that the Mariners have. Maybe we can get somebody in to talk about it a little no, bit. That would be, be really cool uh, for the minor leaguers. And one of them is a leadership camp. And uh, part of it is something that we went through here last year at 710, the Crucial Conversations. Oh, yes. They call mm-hmm. it something Very different, important. but you have to be able to have the tough conversations mm. with people. And uh, Logan and Cal were butting heads in A-ball, and Cal was trying to take control of it. And the reports we had had on Cal down in A-ball was he, he was his preparation was you know off the charts. He was sitting in the stands doing all of his own scouting and charting on the days that he wasn't playing. Wow. And uh, Logan Gilbert, the number one pick, has got a little bit of confidence himself and was kind of fighting back against some things. And there was some going back and forth between the coaches, and the coaches were finally like, hey, have those conversations. And they had, I think it was a truth summit is what they were calling it down mm. there. And uh, they got in a room for about three hours, I want to say it was. And a hash-out session. A hash-out session. Yeah. And now they're completely on the same page. Mm. And the other pitchers, there were some conversations, but he's got his pitchers is what I'm trying to say. And mm. Gilbert was not necessarily easy. And they are on the same page. That's his guy. And it's fun to see those things develop all the way down in A-ball and they were moved to double-A together. So I'm really interested to see that if they believe that Logan Gilbert is going to be ready in 2020, you know, when does the catcher come to? Hmm. Great questions. For those of you who are hoping that we were going to rant and yell and scream about the Mariners' 2019 season, 
this is not the right episode for you. Maybe there will be some of that in the future when I start to challenge Shannon on some of the things that I think that I know she's not going to be happy about. But that's not for today. No? You don't want a preview? I don't think so. No? Because not I've even got, one? I've got some. I, oh, if I even give you some of the things that I think about this Come team on. and some of the people on it, you may not talk to me the rest of the day. But I want you, I want you captive here and forced to answer those questions. But we're not doing that today. One thing we are doing today is going into an interesting deep dive into the 2019 Mariners who saw 67 different people reach their roster. And so our own Brent Stecker from 710sports.com has put together a Sporkle quiz for us to determine in five minutes, can we name every player that reached the major leagues for the Seattle Mariners in 2019? Are you ready? Well, give give a rundown. Somebody might not know what Sporkle is and yes. your history with Sporkle. So you're going to see here, because um, we have this on the screen, because we're very technologically advanced. Is it? is it here? Um, is it here? It's here, it here? or here, it or here, here or here. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure yet. This is all done in post-production. It's very complicated. But what we're going to do is we're going to hit play quiz. And you can do this, by the way, as well. It's Sporkle.com, S-P-O-R-C-L-E.com. You can search for all sorts of Mariners quizzes. The Lookout Landing Crew does Sporkle. Fridays, I think, where they do a bunch of sporkle quizzes. Really cool. Um, I was just reminded that Rick Waits was a pitching coach. There you go. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to hit play quiz. This ca- this timer is going to count down from five. Shannon and I are going to type into these fields how many different players we can name in five minutes. And if we get stuck and we can't do any more, we'll hit give up. Are we so, going to go back and forth, or are we going to just kind of We're just going to do it together, or... spit them out as much as we can. Okay, and I'll give notes if I can pick And go. Too. You first. Okay, um... We're going to go with Daniel Vogelback. Oh, my. Well, I got a new, far too many. new keyboard. We're going to need more minutes here. No question about okay, it. Okay. Austin Nola. Austin Nola, which brings me to a first baseman that nobody remembers, Ryan Healy. Oh, Ryan. Getting married in the offseason. Oh, good for him. They're all going to his wedding, too. Omar Narvaez will be on that list. Mitch Haniger. Tom Murphy. That's one of the guys you're going to get real mad at me for my conspiracy theory about that guy. You might be surprised. Oh, okay. Speaking of... uh, Domingo Santana, what does his future hold? Stay tuned. Yes, same with Malik Malik. Smith. We had over 40 stolen bases this season. Outfield. Yes. Dylan Moore, outfielder now. Dylan Moore appeared in, I believe, over 100 games for the Mariners. How crazy is that? One heck of a catch. He's got some confidence. He's fun to watch. Did I do that one? Yeah, I did do that one already. Um, also in the infield is D. Gordon. He played there. Shed Long. Kyle Seeger also played there. Shed Long. J.P. Crawford. J.P. Aaron Sebia. <laughs> Aaron's <laughs> the classic <laughs> knee house. I gave up on that one. No, that wasn't <laughs> knee house. I'm sorry. That was a Ron Fairley. Yeah. Um, Christopher Negron. Oh, Christopher Negroni with a K. Christopher Negron, who then what went to the Dodgers? Uh, yes, and hit a home run in his Brent, first game. I'm pretty positive that's how you spell that name, Brent. Uh-oh. What have you got? N-E-G-R-O-N-K with a K-R-I-S. S-T-O-F-P-H-E-R. Negron. All right, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Anyways, a new name. Okay, Tim Lopes. Which I love saying Lopes. Tim Lopes. Lopes. I bet you you spelled that with the phonetic thing. I don't think so. Tim Lopes. I meant Brent. Oh, Brent. Oh, no. With uh, feel good about... Oh, 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 uh, Ryan Court. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Court? That's not real. How about um, Meghan Markle's brother? 
Parker Markle. Parker Markell. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought always, Markle would be much better. Parkle, Parker. Uh, chased <laughs> uh, balloons in Arizona in the offseason for a job. Chase who? Balloons. Air balloons. Hot air balloons. He was the chase car for hot air balloons. Never went up in one. Heck no, he said. I thought you were saying that was a player that played Chase for the Chase and Mariners. Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Balloons. I, I would have believed Chase you. I was, I was all in. I was like, well, I'm going to trust you that that was a reliever. I don't really. Ichiro. <laughs> Ichiro. Does that was count? on the team. Come on, Brent. Why did you have to cue this in so I have to write Suzuki? He doesn't put Come it on, on his own Ichiro. jersey. Brent. Oh, my. Oh yeah. This is no. No, all we're right, not even going to um, get to the bullpen. Um, Braden Bishop. Braden Bishop. Oh, Mac Williamson. Mac. <laughs> Big Mac Williams. Big Mac. He was a. He was ridiculously. Is huge. there one C in that? Mac. One Mac. One K. Yeah, no one K, C. No K. No K. Thank you. Okay. What uh, are we missing on position players? I don't know. We've got a good list of these guys here so far. Oh, don't zoom. That's not a good idea. Okay. Um, we get some outfielders we've been missing. Outfielder, first baseman we missed. Another first baseman we've missed. Ryan Healy, stop. Austin Nola, Daniel Vogelbeck, oh gosh, Edwin Encarnacion and Jay Bruce, Tim Beckham. So long ago. Great calls on those ones. Um, there's some flash in the pan prospect types that came up. Oh, um, the one that... Uh, uh, Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley, the one yes. I, yeah. Not flash in the pan, just bad well, start. Well, Rocky start. We'll, we'll see. Not enough we'll time see. to find out. Okay. Uh, any oh, other? Man, there's, even, there's another catcher that's played this year. Oh, David Freitas. What's he doing? He uh, had the best average in minor league or the AAA last year. Okay. Yeah, good guy. Like him. Keep good for him. Only. All right. Let's go to the starting rotation. We've got uh, Marco Gonzalez, Felix. Can we Hernandez. keep playing when the time runs? That's not enough time. We can start we're doing over pretty, and do. Yeah, we're doing pretty well here. How about another? Yeah, it's you nice say Kikuchi. You, you can do a say, whole show on him. You say I love. We are going to have songs this year, aren't we? You are going to like finally write us a song. Um, Wade LeBlanc. Wade LeBlanc. Tommy Homer. Malone. Justin Dunn. Tommy Malone. Justin Dunn. Justice Sheffield. Justice. Eric Sheff- Swanson. Sheffield. Eric Swansong. Okay, Penn. Is there a C? Eric Swanson with a K. Eric with a K. I spelled it with just a K. Yeah, Brent screwed this up. Can we keep going? Yeah, he spelled it Eric Swan, and that's why. <laughs> and he did put the special character over the O, no, so it was we impossible. No, we need to keep going. This isn't fair. That's terrible. No. Um, well, let's just play it again, and we'll pretend like we didn't do the pictures on this list. Okay. Okay. So we'll just go down and we'll just do the now pictures. We're doing pictures. For those of you who did we get everybody on the position side? No, we missed like five of them, but that's okay. Are we'll we going to be able to go back and look at it? No, but that's fine. We don't have all the we don't have all the answers, Shannon. All right, this is limited technology. All right, uh, back we to really our pictures. Really screwed this one up. <laughs> yeah, this is all Brent's fault. Anyways. Okay, all right. Okay, starters, go again. Okay, Justice Sheffield, Eric, or, uh, Eric with a K, Swanen. <laughs> Tip of the cap, Thanks, Brent. Brent. Felix Hernandez, Marco Hello. Gonzalez, Mike Leak is one Ooh, we didn't mention who gave good. up the most home runs in Major League Baseball this year. Did you know that? Yeah, he was exactly the same when he went to Arizona. I kept looking at his numbers and his outings. He 
exactly the same. Amazing. Oh, shout out to Taiwan Walker. Got an inning in on the final game of the season. Yay, Yay right. Taiwan. That's awesome. Good All for right, you. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Malone is one we mentioned last Wade time. LeBlanc. And Wade the White. Um, another starting pitcher. Opener? Must have been. You oh, I know. Andrew Moore. Oh! Good job. Yeah. Okay. Everything else is relievers? <laughs> sure. I mean, there's a couple of starting pitchers. I'm going to go with a tough in, one. R.J. Allen. R.J. Allen. Oh, okay. man. Poor guy. Okay. He wasn't Taylor great. Scott. And I think that's T A Y L E R. Okay. But Brent might not know that. Brent might not know that. He's only an editor, after all. Um, Matt McGill. Matt Magoo. Anthony Swarzak. What are you doing? How do you spell Matt McGill? M A T T M A G I L L. Whoa. Okay. Uh, sorry, who was the one you just said? Anthony Swarzak. Anthony. Swarzak, who I thought was going to be good, didn't turn out that way. Just like Gerson Bautista, Bautista. who is the Hunter, Hunter Strickland. Strickland. <laughs> that didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. Neither does this keyboard. Uh, Taylor Gilbo. Taylor Gilbo. Were there really only two Taylors on the team this year? <laughs> Seems like there were more. These are all relievers. Holy cow, we gotta get going. How do you spell bow? G U I L B E A U. E A U, of course. Taylor Gilbo. How pedantic of me to not know that spelling. How about that? Typical French spelling. Anyways. Oh, this is not good. We're yeah. In trouble. Who's the guy that, uh, oh yeah, Rowan Elias did a lot Rowan of stuff. Elias. He had over 40 appearances for the Mariners. Other, uh, Zach Groats. Zach. And don't call me Lou. And there was a Zach Lou. at the beginning of the Groats. season, too. Who was the Zach at the beginning of the lefty? Uh, the K, Zach Groats. Mm, Zach with a C, nothing else. G-R-O-T-Z. Who's the, who's the other Zach? The lefty Millennial Zach. parents. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Zach... Taylor. Oh, there was a Zach at the start of the season. Zach uh, Evans. No. <laughs> Zach Johnson. Oh. We're going to have to move on from Zach. Okay, there was a lefty stuck. Zach, and that's bothering lefty me. Lefty, lefty Zach. Lefty Zach. Um, no, okay. it doesn't work. Chasen Bradford, did you get him? Chasen Bradford. Um, what other what openers did they use? Okay, let's do all the mats. Who is the mat? Uh, the mat um, Carasetti. Matt Carasetti. Uh, Matt Whistler. City Carasetti. Matt McGill. Matt Whistler. Matt Whistler. Matt. There's another Matt. With one without the H. Thank you. Um, uh, did, uh, <laughs> what's his face that has been up here forever? Who Sam Tui Vailala. Sam Tui Lala. Lala. Um, I feel uh, like Anthony Bass. Anthony Bass is another guy who appeared for over 40 games for Anthony yeah, decent, Bass. Decent, decent. I, I think you keep him and he might be somebody that uh, they can trade at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, A names, B 
B names, C names, D names. Oh, who was the uh, Rumbelow? Nick Rumbelow. Nick Rumbelowful Rumbelow. Um, three, two, one. Time is up. All right, what are we missing? We missed Jesse Biddle. How could we forget? I could Jesse. The Jesse Biddle era. Uh, in previous iterations, last time we did get Yusei and Justin Dunn and Parker Markle. Mark Hell. Corey Gearin had over oh, okay. 40 appearances for this team, Guerin. as did Brandon Brennan. Brennan? How? Oh, man. He had a lot of appearances Stuck on the for season the entire year as a Rule 5, and we don't get him on the Sporkle? Unbelievable. At least they get him back next year. Not good at this. Um, Who's the other starter? So the guys that we missed in the field, Keon Broxton. Okay. We missed. Um, he came on board at exactly the right time. For himself or for yes, the Mariners? Yes, for himself. Because <laughs> for the Mariners, there wasn't a lot Close else enough there. to September where he was able to stick. Uh, the youngest member of the Waltons, Donnie Walton, another <laughs> one that we missed. Good night, Donnie. Um, yes, and I'm trying to think on our list. I think that was it from the position players. You said okay. Tim Lopes. I don't think I typed him in. Uh, Braden Bishop, you said. Yep. Um, so that's pretty good. Who's the Matt good. I missed? Uh, you missed Matt Festa. Matt Festa. Yeah, you can't miss Matt Festa. Uh, infamously, the first Jerry Matt. DePoto draft pick who ever made it to the majors <laughs> for the Seattle Mariners under Jerry DePoto. And what is the story behind this? So you came in with this <laughs> mug. You're like, what mug am I using? Oh, it's this one. I got it on the road. What's a behind road this? Trip. You know what a Juicy Lucy is? A Juicy Lucy. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the radio or on TV. What is that? <laughs> it's a hamburger with a cheese in the middle of it. It was invented at Matt's. Matt's. In Minneapolis. So, like, you you mix the cheese into the burger itself? It's like, I think you take, like, two patties and a chunk of cheese, you put it in the middle, and you put it on the grill, and it's it's wonderful. A chunk of cheese or a slice of cheese? I think it's a chunk, because there's a lot of cheese. Like, they warn you when you're eating it, like, you could burn yourself. But, no, we had an off day in Minnesota this year, and weren't sure what we were going to do. Blowers was asking what to do, and I'm like, let's go to Matt's and get Juicy Lucy's. And Blow liked it so much that he bought, like, the T-shirts and the mugs and everything else. But, nice. Yeah, just an absolute, it's a little neighborhood bar that's, like, just on the outskirts of downtown Minneapolis. The grill, I kid you not, is this big. Wow, okay. And they are making burgers, like, nonstop. Crazy. And uh, you, we went in, I want to say it was probably, like, 4 o'clock, and the place was full, and it was all locals. And people just coming and going, and it was like their hangout. A couple of tourists are coming in because it's known for it. But if you're ever in Minneapolis, got a couple hours to kill, head to Matt's, get the Juicy Lucy. And it is just like middle. I grew up in Illinois, and it could have been, you know, the neighborhood pub in any town like where I grew up. It's a lot of fun. That's perfect. I enjoy the Midwest mostly for their cheese, so I'm very happy that uh, you found something with cheese in it from the Midwest <laughs> this year to write home about. That's awesome. Put it in your yearbook. That's great. There we go. Um, so as we wrap this up here, let's look a little bit forward. What does an off-season for Shannon Dreyer look like? Well, the first thing is put away the suitcase, which is always a, a happy occasion, and mine got crunched at the end of the season. So oh. I'll have to get another one. That, that's kind of when it tells you it's years over. Yeah. You know, time, time to put away the suitcase. You expense that? Uh, they give me one because I'm part of the traveling Ooh. party and uh, they all have to be uniforms so they're easy to put on the plane and the buses and the trucks and things like that. So Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's a little hard-sided one and yeah. Good. Before that, um, they did they started giving me one about 5 years ago. Before that, I would 
get, I would literally go through. Trash bags. A, everything in a yeah, trash everything bag. Everything in a bag. That was Pat Borders years and <laughs> Every now and then you'll get a player. My favorite Ryan Snelling that. story is that he used to go Chris. to, or Chris Snelling, thank yes. you. He used to go to Value Village and he would buy a set of clothes wherever he went. He would wear them <laughs> once and throw them away. He would never wash any clothes. He would never wear something again because he didn't want to do laundry. So he would just get clothes at Value Village, wear them, and then throw them away. Yeah, every I thought it was now amazing. And then, every now and then you get one of those and they're the real throwbacks. But I would go through a suitcase a year, like a soft-sided one, because we travel so much and it would just absolutely get thrashed. And hmm. at the end of the year, it's donate because the wheel's broken or there's a hole in it somewhere. Yeah. But they do not hold up. But, yeah, suitcases put away. Um, this offseason, uh, Jerry DePoto said this the other day, and I believe him, it's not going to be as busy as the off-seasons hmm. that we have seen in the past. Um, bullpen, there are so many arms that they can bring in. I don't think you are going to see the big pile of relievers as lookout landing so hmm. affectionately titled it a couple of years ago. Uh, there will be some that they bring in to take a flyer on, but they've got a group that they know more about. Um, he's not going to make the big move, and we can get into this more um, as the offseason goes on. But uh, we'll follow the moves. But he said early, late, not at the holidays. That's when we're going to make our moves. And he's made a big trade, what, two of the four years mm -hmm. that he's been here right out of the gates. I, I think he's got something ready to go. We'll see that probably pretty early. But, um, yeah, so we'll keep track of that. Um, we'll keep track of the prospects because that's one of, one of the greatest things this year is just the interest all of a sudden that everybody has. Not everybody, but a lot more people have in the prospects. So we'll follow them in the Arizona Fall League and, um, one little nugget here that I think is interesting. Uh, there's a player who is going to the Dominican to play to catch. Okay. Austin Nola. Okay. Interesting. So the Mariners with two starting caliber catchers now, as they prove with Omar Narvaez and Tom Murphy, mm -hmm. they found Austin Nola, who I think is 29 years old, mm -hmm. who's kicked around in the minors for a very long time. He's played some catcher. He played backup emergency catcher for the Mariners this year. That's interesting to try and put himself in a permanent position to say, can I be good enough mm -hmm. to catch in the major leagues? And in background here, as he caught primarily in Tacoma, um, he came to the organization, was a minor league free agent sign, and before he signed, he wanted to talk to Scott Service, and he made it very clear that he is a catcher. Hmm. And uh, for those not familiar, he came to catching very late. He came up as a, minor, as a uh, middle infielder and then started trying to play a little bit of uh, the outfield, and a minor league coach said, yeah, probably skills aren't going to hold up in the infield or the outfield. Have you ever thought of catching? And he grades out very well as hmm. a catcher. So he has been catching, I believe, for the last three years now, and uh, the pitchers loved him and raved about his pitch framing. And we were around him every day and talked to him. He's definitely a smart guy, and I just found that interesting because you know Cal Raleigh's coming. You have two catchers that you like a lot, and especially in Tom Murphy, they like a lot. I wonder if we see another catcher on the move this offseason. But uh, ears perked up when I asked Austin Nola, what are you doing this winter? First thing I'm doing is going to the DR to play. Hmm. Next question was, what position? Yeah, yeah and he's I catching. Am 
very with you that I think the Mariners will trade one catcher. Yeah. And I think, and I've thought since the beginning of last season, Omar Narvaez was not going to be a part of the future. He was a part of the present to see if there was some value there and if they could grow him a little more to flip him. So I am a million percent with you. I think Omar Narvaez is going to be the biggest piece that they are able to trade this year because I don't think they're going to be able to trade Mitch Haniger even if they wanted to. And I don't think they're going to have the guts to trade Marco Gonzalez. So I think that uh, Omar Narvaez is the biggest chip you'll see move, and he'll get the biggest return of what they have to offer. So So I think, yeah, signs are pointing toward that. Um, as far as everything else I do, I mean, we're going I'm, I'm, to do these more often. Uh, we'll be writing for the website, and uh, kind of personally, I am hoping there's going to be some good skiing. Uh, I like to bake in the off season. Yes, you do. Maybe I'll start bringing him in for the podcast. Maybe we'll <laughs> yes. have a podcast slash oh, bake every We can do a podcast every day um, if you keep baking for all that stuff. Just saw a recipe. Did you ever have the Trader Joe's pancake bread? Pancake bread? No. I know that sounds bizarre, and I walked by it and tried it. It's fantastic. Okay. It's like a loaf. It's like a banana bread type thing, but it's pancake. Okay. And I, found, I love yeah. pancakes. <laughs> like lots of maple syrup. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yes. That, I'll bring oh. that in. Next, next one of these oh, we do. So uh, good. You'll be the guinea pig. And every we'll year we look out. forward to Shannon Dreyer's Blondie Brownies. Yes. Uh, so I'll brown be, butter blonde. Brown, brown, brown butter blonde brownies. Uh, the quadruple be B bread. on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Boom. What about you? I can't I yeah. come in here and everything's a little bit different yeah. right now. Yeah. So as of Monday, September 30th, uh, 710 ESPN Seattle has a new lineup. Uh, the mornings, no more Brock and Salk, and that means no more Boy Howdy either. Uh, so you get the Blitz at 6 with Lydia. From 7 to 10 is Danny and Gallant with Danny O'Neill, formerly of the Danny David Moore Show, and of Danny and Brock, or Brock and Danny. Um, <laughs> so he's back so with the confusing. mornings. So he's on with, da- with uh, Paul Gallant, who's a really cool, interesting guy. If you haven't had a chance to follow Gallant, at Gallant Says on Twitter, a super interesting guy, lots to say, lots of opinions. I've really enjoyed him so far. Uh, then uh, following that, you got John Clayton from 10 to noon with Curtis Rogers, who you remember Ooh. from the pre- and post-game shows of the Mariners. Like uh, great guy, super knowledgeable, um, and he's going to do some awesome stuff there. And then from noon to three, instead of Bob Graz and Tom, uh, the Graz has transitioned beyond a daily show, so he is a digital contributor. Uh, you'll still hear him on the air a bunch. He'll be filling in for a lot of shows. Like a daily um, hit on Clayton, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does his daily hit on yeah. John Clayton's show at 11.45 every day, so lots of great stuff from the Graz, but he has moved on from the regular shows, and uh, that new show from from noon to three is Tom, Jake, and Stacy with Tom Wassel, previously on Bob Grouse and Tom. <laughs> uh, Jake Heaps, uh, former Skyline quarterback, number one player in high school football in all of America, I think in 2012, 2013. Uh, went to three colleges, played with the uh, Jets and the Seahawks on practice squads and active rosters. Really cool. And Stacy Rost, who is a contributor at 710sports.com. I read tons of her Seahawks stuff. She's an amazing follow on Twitter, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So um, she's great and awesome. And uh, then we move on from 3 to 7. You've got Bob, Dave, and Moore. So Bob Stelton, Dave Wyman, and Jim Moore, the regular crew with Dave and Jim, uh, joined by Bob Stelton, who was previously from noon to 3 on Bob, Grouse, and Tom. So pretty exciting stuff there. For me, uh, you should be able to hear me with John Clayton every day at 11.15 doing the report card. Uh, he can't get rid of me that easy. Um, Brock and Salk, they may not be in the mornings, but they are now on a podcast. So every week on Wednesdays, you'll be able to hear the Brock and Salk podcast. That still does feature 
me, boy howdy. So I am the feature element of the Brock and Salk podcast. If there's one reason you downloaded, it's because of me. Yes. I'll be there every week. So <laughs> and Kyle's there too. Uh, it's awesome. It's the same crew. It's the same show. Uh, a little bit shorter, but we just get into some of the stuff that we love and love to talk about. So lots of fun to be had there. Um, that's the full breakdown of what's going on at 710. Lots of new stuff. And you'll hear Shannon Dreyer layered through every show like she always has been because she's an invaluable resource on the Mariners for us. And yeah, we love talking to her. And it's just a fun, exciting new time with some new voices and new sounds. So lots going on at 710. Lots going on. It's almost like Jerry DePoto got hold of 710. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Salk drinking some of whatever Jerry's got, making some changes. Um, but no, it is cool and it's fun. And it's going to be interesting to see how. All this new stuff comes out, and I'm really excited about it, too. Yeah, and I took custody of Howdy, so you're not going anywhere on this podcast. <laughs> like, right. I get Howdy! <laughs> Man, it was so nice to know there were people pulling for me in all these divorces. Um, I thought for sure I was going to be left on the wayside with holding, my, holding Shannon Dreyer's old suitcase. There it was broken go. down, I'm but here I am. Um, she put me in the luggage and brought me on, there so I'm excited. So I'm excited to do more of these. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some great conversations this offseason because the Mariners are at a pivotal and interesting point in their time time as a team and if there's anything you want to hear us touch on uh be it baseball or other topics um we can be jerks too yes oh i love to be jerks yes and huge husky fans both of us oh, so if you have yes. any of that yeah, uh, do, this next yeah, two months are a great time baking for that. tips we can do that too and mm-hmm. you used to sell knives. eating tips so you do a lot of that yeah. i do a lot of that but so. just let us know i mean uh, hit us up on either twitter or yeah, Twitter's great at for me. Boy Howdy, at Boy Howdy ESPN. ESPN or at Shannon Dreyer, so boring. Um, or uh, on the comments section below. Yep, click subscribe. Is that how they do it on YouTube? Click subscribe right here. <laughs> the bell, Until this. next time, Boy Howdy, Shannon Dreyer coming at you. <laughs>